Rutledge know I was here? She saw you through the window, sir, and I was obliged to tell her who you were. I don't know as I like that. Are you attempting to tell me my duties, sir? No, just having fun trying to guess what they are. This way, sir. Go right in, sir. You're expected. Thanks. You wanted to see me? So you're a private detective. I didn't know they existed except in books, or else they were greasy little men snooping around hotel corridors. Now oh, you're a mess, aren't you? I'm not very tall either. Next time I'll come on stilts, wear a white tie, and carry a tennis racket. I doubt if even that would help. Now this business of Dad's, think you can handle it for him? It shouldn't be too tough. Good evening. Welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. That, of course, is The Big Sleep. Released 75 years ago. It was the second feature with Bacall and Bogart. Bogey and Bacall. The Big Sleep often is controversial in its, well, critics who were interesting. That's all I'm going to say. They often attack the plot, that there's not a plot. It was directed by Howard Hawks. Screenplay by William Faulkner, Lee Brackett, and Jules for based on The Big Sleep by Raymond Chandler. Yes, even Eddie Mueller has issues with the film. He loves the film, but to say that it's a new war, it is a new war. I've talked about this film many, many times on this podcast. It was reshot, re-edited, and revised. The Big Sleep was released on the August 23rd, 1946, 75 years ago. Cinematic release is regarded as one of the more successful than the 1945 pre-release version. Even though it is difficult to follow, audiences' difficulty in following this version of the film may be due in part to the omission of a long conversation between Marlowe and the Los Angeles district attorney where the facts of the case thus far are laid out. Yet some critics prefer the 1946 version because they consider the Bogart Bacall appearances more important than a well-told story. I would agree. For example, of this point of view, Roger Ebert said... Oh, who cares? Who cares? We love it. It's all that matters. And in 1997, the 1945 cut was found. People have had issues with this film. I don't. I love it. That's everything the Falcon had. There's so many great moments in this film. I love the mystery. I love the intrigue. I love the music. Sit it down. Put them down. 
sit down. Phil. Phil, there's two men out in back behind some trees. Watch him. Hello, Mr. Mars. Double. I told you to sit down. Leave her out of it. She's all right, Eddie. She made a deal with you, and she kept it. She didn't tell me a thing, except that she killed Regan, but I didn't believe that. Regan's dead, all right, but she didn't do it. It was Carmen, wasn't it? How'd it happen, Eddie? You mean she didn't? I asked you how it happened. Well, Carmen liked Regan, but, yeah, but he liked your wife. He said no to Carmen. She gets mad when anybody says that. I've seen it. So I'm going to pull away from this. See what I mean? It's mystery. It's intrigue. And... In the 1945 version, there's not a lot of Bacall. In the 1946 version, there is a lot of Bacall. So while, yes, the film does leave a few people scratching their heads, those of us who have come to regard the film as a classic here on its 75th birthday are like, fuck it. It's a big sleep. Over, she couldn't remember much about it. Yeah, I've seen her that way too. Then you hid the body. You, you can't prove that. It'd be just as bad for you if I prove it to myself. Then you started to blackmail Mrs. Rutledge by telling her what Carmen had done. How did you prove to her that Carmen had done it? Go ahead, prove it to me. You've seen Carmen when she's at way. Sure, I have. Have you? Well, how do you suppose? Why didn't you know her when you walked in here that day? Tell me that. You're pretty smart, Eddie, but I've been waiting for this one. What are you gonna do about it? I told you you were smart. You walked in here without a gun. You were going to sit there and agree to everything, just like you're doing now. When I went out that door, things were going to be different. That's what those boys are doing out there. But everything's changed now, Eddie, because I got here first. All right, Angel, get down on the floor. Don't get excited, Marlowe. If anything happens in here, if there's any shooting, you'll just... What do you think's going to happen now? Now what are you boys going to think? What will they do to the first one that goes out that door? Who's it going to be, Eddie, you or me? Now look, Marlowe, you look at this. What's the matter? Haven't you ever seen a gun before? What do you want me to do? Count three like they do in the movies? That's what Canino said to little Jonesy. Now don't go crazy. Jonesy took it better than your take. That's one, Eddie. Don't, Marlo, don't. Don't. It's two, Eddie. Don't shoot, it's me, Mar So there's moments like that in The Big Sleep. So The Big Sleep was remade in 1978, starring... Mr. Robert Mitchum. So Robert Mitchum, yeah, he's a new war icon. He was in Out of the Past. Did a lot of detective stories. I have yet to see the 1978 version starring Robert Mitchum. I think because I loved the Bogart and Bacall one. But there are some people who say that the 1971 stays more faithful to the story. But do you really want that? So the 1978 version was directed by Michael Winner. The story setting was changed from 1940s uh, Los Angeles to 1970s London. 
the film contained material more explicit than what could be hinted at in the 1946 version, such as homosexuality, pornography, and nudity. Mitchum was 60 at the time of filming, far older than Chandler's 33-year-old Marlowe. Of the 1946 film, 38-year-old Marlowe was played by 44-year-old Bogart. Yeah. The Big Sleep celebrates its 75th birthday tomorrow or if you're on the east coast right now august 23rd 1946 now recently i was watching a film and i noticed an actress who was in the big sleep who would go on to win an oscar for written in the wind and that's miss dorothy malone very unrecognizable in the big sleep you know it just happens i had a bottle of pretty good rye in my pocket I'd a lot rather get wet in here. Well. Looks like we're closed for the rest of the afternoon. Tell me more about this business. Oh, there isn't much to tell. I... What's the matter? Just wondering if you have to, uh... Oh, not necessarily. Little things like that make it up. Hello. Hello. <laughs> That's so funny, because... As she takes the glasses off after he's asked her if she needs to wear them and her behavior kind of changes and she kind of looks like she's going to start something. It's like, oh my goodness. That's method acting right there. (laughs) 75 years of Howard Hawks' classic. Howard Hawks took liberties, yes, with the story. But he gave us a cohesive a very classic film. Don't take him on. What are you going to Wait a minute, let me do the talking, Angel. I don't know yet what I'm going to tell him, but it'll be pretty close to the truth. But you'll have to send Carmen away from a lot of things. They have places for that. Maybe they can cure her. It's been done before. We'll have to tell your father about Regan. I think he can take it. You've forgotten one thing. Me. What's wrong with you? Nothing you can't fix. That is a legendary ending. I have seen the 1945 version of The Big Sleep. If that version had been released, things would be totally different and not in a good way. So the reason that Howard Hawks put out the 1946 version, more Bacall, more Bogart, more Sparks. And so Howard Hawks, despite many of his flaws, knew what he was doing. This is an exceptional classic film 
it's it's the Bogart and Bacall. I mean, think of the films that they made together. To Have and To Have Not. The Big Sleep, Dark Passage, and their last film, Key Largo. Think of the sparks each time they're in the... In Key Largo, they're not even together. And To Have and To Have Not, it's the first meeting. And... Dark Passage, it's in San Francisco, which Bogart or Bacall said she loved filming in San Francisco. But each time it's different. Yes, it's Bogart and Bacall, but there's always something different within the mix of these characters. And the big sleep really... Those moments such as that ending where he says to her, what's wrong with you? And she's like, nothing you can't fix. Those moments, if it had been different and if the 1945 version had been put out, we wouldn't be talking about them. The 1946 version really played on it. So those who can say, well, it's not film noir, it's film noir. If it's Bogart and McCall... It's film noir. And I disagree with Eddie Mueller. And I disagree with these critics. Critics really don't always have it right. They think that the film should be perfect and pristine. They don't realize that things happen. It's like when I record this show. And I keep things in that I should omit. Like me sneezing. I don't have time for that shit. Okay? It stays in. You cannot edit life. That's like going in and saying, oh, I had diarrhea today. Let me edit that out. You can't do that. Or I didn't get, I didn't win on this lotto ticket. Let me edit that. That's not how life works. So with a podcast, I keep, I keep the meter running. I could talk a little longer at length about Bogart and Bacall. Why that is such a... I don't want to use the cliches to describe their relationship. Because I think everyone has described their relationship in their own form. I think critics... Critics really eat shit up. They really do... I remember one time someone of my... was probably one of my siblings said, Oh, you should be a critic. No. Because I recognize that critics don't always have it right. They're critical. Versus... And I've said this before. There are certain films that I enjoy that critics really panned. What does that say about me? It says that I like what I like. So when... Someone such as Eddie Mueller, <laughs> who funnily enough, I can't, he has like uh, one of those public Facebooks. I can't comment on it, so I don't think he particularly likes me, and that's fine. That's fine. I enjoy his, his show, and I enjoy his series, probably because I sent him a thing once and said, I disagree with your stance on the big sleep. I totally disagree with it, and I know I'm not alone. Because these critics think, oh, I have the power. Look at someone like Roger Ebert. May he rest in peace. Thought he had the power. In the end, the viewers have the power. 
1946, who had the power? Howard Hawks. Howard Hawks had the power to say, okay. Yes, this is missing from... This was in the book, the Raymond Chandler book, but it's not in the film. But we're going to focus more on the Bogart and Bacall energy as we did in To Have and To Have Not. That's the brilliance of Howard Hawks. And as I said before, Howard Hawks was a very flawed individual. Supposedly, allegedly, Howard Hawks was a big anti-Semite. Supposedly, allegedly. He's not here to say that. And Bacall has often said that she never really... If he probably knew, he didn't say anything because she was Jewish. Her real name was um, Betty Joan Persky. And that's why people, good friends, called her Betty Bacall. Because Howard Hawks basically gave Lauren Bacall that name. It went from Betty Joan Persky to Lauren Bacall. The look, that title. Howard Hawks went on to do Only Angels Have Wings, His Girl Friday, To Have and To Have Not, The Big Sleep, Red River, The Thing from Another World, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, and Rio Bravo. He was nominated for Best Director for Sergeant York. In 1974, he was awarded an honorary Oscar as a master filmmaker whose creative efforts hold a distinguished place in the world cinema. His work was influenced by various popular and respected directors such as Martin Scorsese, Robert Altman, Jean-Luc Godard, John Carpenter, and Quentin Tarantino. So back to The Big Sleep. The Big Sleep. Big premiere. August 23rd, 1946. Very... It's not just a good movie. It's a legendary movie. Because those lines, that dialogue... Humphrey Bogart is Philip Marlowe. Lauren Bacall is Vivian Sternwood. Sternwood Rutledge. Martha Vickers is Carmen Sternwood. Dorothy Malone is Acne Bookstore Proprietress. Alicia, Elisha Cook Jr. is Harry Jones. There's a lot going in to the big sleep. It's legendary. Whenever people would talk about... Bogart and Bacall It's to have and to have not Big sleep Key Largo In 2003 AFI named Philip Marlowe The 32 The 32nd greatest hero in film It's available on DVD It's available on Blu-ray So 75 years Of Bogart and Bacall in the big sleep that ending right there that is a legendary ending I can't I can't say it enough and so they played on that word play if you remember to have and to have not where she's like you know how to whistle don't you you just put your lips together and blow 
And then Bogart. Yeah. So the big sleep, you had all these great moments of that dialogue. Was he playing her? Was she playing him? There's a moment where he's tied up. He asks for a glass of water. Then a cigarette. He's like, stick this thing in my mouth, will you? And then she's trying to get him out of it. She knows what's going on. She's, she's the femme fatale. She's like, will you stay out of this and let, and let me go? And he's like, no. And then they kiss and it's, it's, it's Bogart and Bacall. That, that's the stuff of... And Howard Hawks, like I said, flawed, very good businessman. Very good director in terms of going against what everyone was saying and saying, no, we're going to play on the Bogart and Bacall magic. And 75 years later, do you hear anyone complaining? The only person I hear complaining is Eddie Mueller. I have a lot of respect for Eddie Mueller. He is a San Franciscan. We're both Californians. He has a show on TCM. I don't. He has Noir Alley. I love Noir Alley. I talked extensively about film noir with Jason Almy of Shit Happens When You Party Naked. Jason, as I said, has a, a BA degree in film. So that's a, that's a brownie point right there for me as a budding filmmaker. But just because Eddie Mueller is in the status that he is, I don't have to agree with him. I don't have to agree with everything that Turner Classic Movies does. But I th- it's it, the fact that we're talking about it, we're getting the ball rolling. And that's the beauty of the Bogart and Bacall. It's a saga because... If, you, if you've seen To Have and To Have Not, okay, you see them fall in love on film. It's right there. It's right in front of you. That is forever solidified on the big screen is that charisma. It's real. They're not just acting. It, that it's, it's happening before your eyes. And then the big sleep, they got married. So then it's even further. They're like, okay, we are comfortable in this relationship. Let's play upon it in the big sleep. The same for Dark Passage and Key Largo. I think Key Largo is probably the best out of the four. Because Key Largo, there is this this uncertainty. And that uncertainty is... Edward G. Robinson, who is a ruthless son of a bitch in the film. Such a great actor. Never really got his dues. But played these ruthless men. And in Key Largo, that Key Largo is really an ensemble. And then you have Claire Trevor, who sings that song. And all she wants is that drink. And Johnny, Johnny, Ro- or Johnny Ringo, not Johnny Ringo. <laughs> that's, that's Tombstone. See what I, see what I mean? And I'm going to keep that in because I'm human. I'm not going to take it out. I'm not going to edit that bullshit out. I don't do that. 
It's like the great bands that I really like who do the lo-fi. They keep the scratches in. They keep the mistakes in. If we look at Key Largo. Okay, he plays Johnny Rocco. Johnny Rocco, not Johnny Ringo. <laughs> you know, we often talk about like someone like James Dean, who only made three films in his entire career and did a lot of television appearances. And then you look at Bogart and Bacall, this couple who did four films together. And they are legendary. They were going to do a fifth film together in 1957. And then Bogart was diagnosed with cancer. And so it never happened. But Lauren Bacall has said that their romance, nobody could have written it better the way they lived it. And how they played upon each other's strengths and weaknesses and how Bogart really lived his life truthfully and by the golden rule. And he played these characters like Philip Marlowe. Philip Marlowe did not make any apologies. He's kind of along the lines of Henry Jones and Indiana Jones. Rugged, raw sexuality in terms of he just does what he wants. He doesn't give a shit. He just does what he wants. And that you could say the filmmakers of Indiana Jones took all those characteristics from Philip Marlowe. Philip Marlowe is a legendary character. And then Lauren Bacall's character, Mrs. Rutledge, is she a femme fatale or is she just in the middle of it? I mean, there's this really great scene where she's singing this song and Bogart's just watching her. He's watching her. And and keep in mind, they had just gotten married when they were making that film. Toward the end of her life, Lauren Bacall never got tired of talking about Humphrey Bogart. She always knew because that was a part of her life. He gave her a career. He gave her a life. And they are forever connected now, some people would take issue with that. Oh, I don't want to talk about that. Not Lauren Bacall. Lauren Bacall was aware. She wouldn't be where she is without the tenacity of Howard Hawks, her own talent, and the fact that the biggest movie star in the world, Humphrey Bogart, not only fell in love with her, but encouraged her, allowed her to shine. And so when he was gone, if you want to talk about someone who was the true keeper of the Bogart legacy, it was, hum it was Lauren Bacall. And now it's the children, Leslie um, Bogart and um, Stephen, and then she had a son with uh, the great Jason Robards, Sam Robards. So the legacy of Lauren Bacall and Humphrey Bogart is alive and well. And those films are, those films are forever. Think about that. And that's why I love them.
So, and I can, I, I, now I, it came back to me in terms of a memory. The first time I saw The Big Sleep was 20 years ago. It was a rainy Sunday night, or no, rainy Saturday evening. And then I watched it again on Sunday night because I kind of wanted to understand it more. But up until that point, I was not really a Bogart fan. I had seen the African Queen, loved the chemistry with him and and, uh, Catherine Hepburn. The Big Sleep changed all that. It was from that moment I understood why Humphrey Bogart was held in such an esteem. Gotta understand, he had just done Casablanca. He had done the Maltese Falcon. He was years away from doing Treasure of the Sierra Madre, the Kane Mutiny. But that rainy evening watching film noir, and there's rain in the film, it, it kind of highlighted it for me. And from then on, I was, I was a major fan of Humphrey Bogart. I even have a Humphrey Bogart hat, the Bogart hat. So not, not an authentic, those, the authentic Bogart hats, maybe one day. He's, he's the best of the best. That is a detective. And when we go back and, and look at this film, 75 years later, it still holds up. Whatever plot holes Eddie Mueller and anyone's going to find... All that matters is is that you enjoy the film. That's why I take issue with the critics because they're all they're they're never going to be satisfied. I've said this before, and I uh, I watched the film Tammy. That was a horrible film to the critics, but I found humor in it. So it's always in the eye of the beholder, in the viewer itself. And so the critics, they can have their pedestal. They can stand on it. You know, respect to Roger Ebert and uh, Gene Siskel, who really highlighted that and made us all talk about films. And the American Film Institute, when they would do those lists and people then start arguing, is Citizen Kane really the number one film of the century? And so... When it comes to film noir, you know, maybe one day I would love to talk. Not, I'm not going to hash it out because I don't do that. Sit and have a talk with Eddie Mueller and say, look, whatever you feel about the big sleep, you have to admit that what Howard Hawks did was genius because he knew I have these two stars. They are in love. They're already married. I want to play upon that. Because I'm sure in his world, he wants to, the 1945 version to be released. But then that changes the trajectory of things and time itself. And time is fixed. So, 75 years later, the big sleep is and still will always be a classic. So, thank you to Howard Hawks for doing that. And for Humphrey Bogart, for Lauren Bacall, for just going along with it and shining. So as always, unpleasant dreams.